tonight I'd like to talk about uh, wonder and wonderment. Uh, in the last few weeks I've been talking a little about, last week I talked about the poignancy of being human, of human life. And I've been including in my talks a little bit about what's been happening with me and my family. We, we moved and we moved out of our house because our house is having some work done on it. And so I talked about the difficulties of the move and a little bit about the poignancy that I see because I walk in the park a lot and how poignant it is to be with people and to see people and to see the suffering that's part of being human. And not just the suffering, but also the beauty of that is part of being human. And, uh, and this week, I had an interesting week. Uh, my new home, which is, you know, I talked about the dukkha of my new home when well, last week or the week before about how the heaters didn't work or the lights didn't work or the this didn't work and that didn't work. And, and also what it's like when you move out of your home because basically I just took a suitcase. So it's a little like I'm traveling, but I'm only 10 blocks away from where my home is. But it's a whole new world. And it's been uh, stepping outside of my routine or the usual, or the familiar. And so that had some dukkha with it. And lately I've been appreciating the sukha of it, the pleasure of it, or the enjoyment, or, or the delight of it, and also the wonder of it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and, and I get to go back to my old home because I also want to go and see what these people are doing there who are working on it. And it's kind of fun to go in and see. But already, after like it's been like two weeks, it's like, oh, that's my old home. Mm -hmm. Really, that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, this is going to an old place I used to live. I don't live there anymore. And it's actually true. I don't live there anymore. I'm living somewhere else. And it's, it's surprised me how quickly it's just like, oh, that's in my old house. Because I have other old homes around San Francisco. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll drive somewhere and we'll go to North Beach and go by the house we lived for I don't know how many years. Or, or Noe Valley. We originally, first place I lived in San Francisco was in Noe Valley. And then actually I lived in the Castro when it turned into the Castro. It was originally called Eureka Valley. And then it became the Castro. And so I lived in the Castro for a number of years. And so different places that I've lived in San Francisco are old homes. In addition to, of course, having old homes in other places that you don't even need to hear about. But, um, but already this place that's still my house now feels like, oh, that's my old home. That's not my current home. And it's, it's just interesting how quickly one can let go of anything, actually, because it's all of life is really right now. It's right here. This is alive, this moment. <clears throat> and so part of what's happened with this uh, uh, move is there's a certain excitement and not knowing and 
magic because my usual reality's been unfused or unfixated or gotten a little more relaxed, we could say, or different. It's like, oh, I have a, I'm in a new house, even though it's not a house I like or want or anything, doesn't matter. But that's where I am. And, and what's really been interesting is it keeps changing as part of practice, because everywhere I go is practice, right? There's no place else to practice but here, wherever I am. And so my new house becomes my place of practice. And what's nice about mindfulness and awareness, when we start to land in practice, we start to really stay aware moment by moment, day by day, is that things wake up. Something, when I say things wake up, I mean we wake up. We start to come alive in a way that is part of the beauty of what the Buddha taught, that the aliveness that's here has a potential that often we don't taste or we forget about or we ignore or we don't pay attention to. <clears throat> and there's a kind of magical aliveness that happens. And uh, funny, I was talking with my wife today about this talk and she said, oh, she's written, she's got a new book she's working on that's going to come out uh, sometime next year, early next year. But she, she said, oh, yeah, I wrote a whole chapter about wonder because that's what this talks about. She said, uh, I think her chapter is called The Wonder of Awakening. And so she said, did, did you like it when you read it? I said, you didn't send it to me. How could I? How could I read it? You know, she said, "Oh no, I sent it to you." I said, and I looked at my computer. I couldn't find it at all, and, and she kept saying, "No, I sent it." And then I made her look in her computer. Computer, of course, she didn't send it to me at all, which was part of the magic of me not getting it at all. <laughs> and so then, so then, the last thing I did before I was coming here, because I. I really worked on this talk early this morning because I actually had to go to the hospital and have a test this afternoon. And so I, uh, uh, so I was reading her chapter on wonder. It was great. She's, I think she's written a really great book. I'm really excited. And it was, it's a good chapter and uh, totally fun for me to read. And... Uh, but, it, but, but part of what she's pointing at in her chapter that I already had in the talk, so I'm not stealing it from her totally, <laughs> is that um, the wonder is about what's here that wonders. What is it that wonders? Meaning, what is that state of consciousness that we call wonder? <clears throat> and... Uh, and something wakes up in us when there's a sense of wonder. And uh, William Butler Yeats, he said, the world is full of magic things, patiently waiting for our senses to sharpen. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our magic to sharpen, to grow sharp, excuse me, for our senses to grow sharp. And when I was talking with Pam about wonder, she said, oh yeah, you're going to use that Suzuki Roshi quote? I said, 
And I said to her, oh, you mean the one where he says the world is its own magic? And she said, yeah. I said, no, I'm not going to use that. But if I use it, I'll give you credit tonight. And say it's because of you that I use it. So I just slipped it in. And so she gets credit for that. So part of what I wanted to talk about, and part of the magic that William Butler Yeats and Suzuki Roshi point at, is discovering what we don't see, which is right here, which is the magic or the wonder of reality, of being alive, of just this, this simplicity of being alive, which is still, to me, totally magical and wonderful. And, and wonderful doesn't mean I always like it. I want to be very clear about that. Wonder comes and we can like we can be in awe of what we wonder, or we can be distressed by the wonder of reality. But here's another part of how this talk came about, which is I was um, talking with a friend who lives in LA, and she's somebody, we're working on a project together, and so we, we do some phone talks about the project. And, uh, and so she was telling me about an experience she had in the swimming pool. And she was in the swimming pool and she said, and she said she became aware of making contact with the water, right? You know how you get in the pool and you're, you're immersed in water. And so she was making contact with the water. And she said, but what was strange was then she became one with the water, right? Like, and if, and you can try this, Go into your bathtub even, or a pool, and get in and feel the contact with the water, and then see if you can feel where you stop and the water starts. Because then you start to see that line is really a line we make up in our mind, that it becomes one thing. The sensation itself becomes one thing. And so... So she was telling me this on the phone, so I'm talking to her, and of course, I'm, I'm getting what she's saying about, and she's like, she, she's like, what is that? What is, how can you have contact and then be one thing? Because those are two different things. And I'm like, no, 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 they're both true. They're both true. You can have contact, and that's real, and oneness, and that's real. And even though conceptually they sound different, experientially they're both true and so then so we're talking so then I start to feel my clothes and I can do this right now I feel my clothes on my body I make contact with my clothes and the sensations I can feel the the sweater and the difference between the sweater and the pants and the socks right and and yet and also at a certain point it becomes one thing. Me and the clothes are one thing. In, in the experiential reality, not conceptually, I know oh, clothes are this and Eugene's this, but experientially it becomes one thing. And so we were wondering together, my friend and I, about the contact uh, and, and the the contact between the ordinary and the extraordinary, which is available to us here and now at any moment of reality. The contact between the ordinary and the extraordinary. <clears throat> and, 
Emerson said, he said the invariable mark of wisdom is to see the miraculous in the common. The invariable mark of wisdom is to see the miraculous in the common. And so what does that mean? What happens? What does it mean to start to live an ordinary life and wake up in the ordinariness to the extraordinariness? to the wonder or the magic of reality. <clears throat> and this, this possibility is available for all of us because, in my opinion, it's the same potential the Buddha pointed at just even when he was talking about sitting with the body and the breathing. And at a certain point, not always on short sits but you know after a while if you sit for a few hours or a day or two or three it's like you start to be aware of the body and the breathing and it becomes one thing and even what what's knowing the body and the breathing becomes one thing with the body and the breathing and that's the and the word the buddha used to describe this is samadhi which means unification or sometimes translated as unification of heart and mind, or body and mind, right? It becomes one thing. And it's part of what brings uh, awakening. And it's magical in a certain way, or it's, in my, also, it's kind of, it always makes me wonder, is how does that happen? Because often it doesn't feel that way at all. It feels like, oh yeah, there's my body and my breath and I'm watching it as if I'm somewhere else, right? Where, where are we watching it from, right? Right? From, you know, the upper balcony back, back there? Was that where you were watching your body and breath from? Or from one of the posters that are hanging, one of the flags that are hanging? Right? We're right here. We, are, we actually are with the body and breath. And of course, the, the unity that can start to come and happens is very wondrous. Socrates, who was of course a Western Buddhist, he said, wonder is the beginning of wisdom. Wonder is the beginning of wisdom. When we start to wonder about the truth or about reality or about the way things are or about what is it that's actually happening here even right now. And, and I'm not saying wonder intellectually, that's part of it, but wonder experientially what's actually here. Hmm. So I thought I would say a few things tonight about the meaning of the word wonder. And the words often described as having a, a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration, often caused by something beautiful or unexpected or unfamiliar or inexplicable. Inexplicable. We can't explain it. But there's wonder, and so it can be good things or bad things, or things we like or things we don't like, but still there's a wonder. Like, just personally, and there's no offense to anybody if you're Republican, I can't, I keep wondering, how did this country ever elect 
Donald Trump. And, you know, I mean, some people really like him, and I get that, but I still can't understand how we elected somebody who seems so um, ignorant of democracy. Uh, and so I, I really, and I wonder about it. It's like I'm a little bit in awe of that, that that happens. And, and of course, it does happen. But I could also easily say I'm in awe of the fact that, and this is true for me, I can't believe people keep killing each other because they think somebody is the bad one and then they're going to be happy if those people die. I, I just can't actually fathom it. I know that's what happens. I'm not saying I don't understand it intellectually, but in my heart, I can't quite get it yet. I can't get the ignorance or the un immaturity or the un uh, the lack of wisdom like oh we're all here together for a short time on the earth and and why not take care of everybody so I have my own kinds of wonder for and I have a lot of wonder about the beauty of reality and that's partly why I talked about the poignancy of human beings but, and even today, again, in the morning, I, I walk Sunday mornings to try and see what do I want to talk about. And I keep wondering, is where the hell does the fog come from all the time? Because I'm in Golden Gate Park and the fog's just rolling in in the morning like crazy. And, uh, and of course, I've been in San Francisco for at least 40 years or more. And I know where the fog's coming from, but it still causes me to wonder where the hell is it coming from and when the hell is it going to stop? <laughs> Especially because we're getting late in the summer. It's supposed to stop by now. We had a couple beautiful days, so that was just like great. Totally fun. So wonder, right? Um, um, uh, can this be a distinguishing quality of a person, place, or thing that causes wonder? And as I said, like I moved, I'm in a different part of the city, so I took a walk yesterday. What was I doing? I had to go get something. Um, um, actually, I went and got a massage, uh, which I, my body really needed. And I went someplace I've never gone. I couldn't, I know a few people who give massages, but I couldn't get a hold of anybody last minute. And so I went to a, a Japanese, uh, excuse me, Thai massage. And, um, and, uh, someplace I've never been. It went, and I walked there and I walked on the street that, you know, I've walked on that street, but not that part of that street ever before. And it was like being in a different city. It's like, oh, these, it was really reminded me of like traveling. Like, oh, you go somewhere and you walk down the street. It doesn't matter what's there. It's all kind of interesting because you don't know it. And so I, I didn't know it. So I'm looking at the stores and restaurants and people and who's there. And all these people are standing outside of this restaurant for a long time. I said, oh, is this a good restaurant? And they all said, oh, we don't know, but we heard it is. And so it had a good reputation and, and things like that. And then just going in and, and that kind of 
And it was really quite pleasurable to not know where I was, even though I knew where I was. And, and there was a whole sense of that kind of wonder and surprise or delight in the ordinary because it was new. And of course, when we're really here, it's always new. Each moment is actually always new. And when I looked up wonder in the dictionary, it had a funny thing. It said electric trolley cars were looked upon as a wonder of the age. Electric trolley cars. Now, I don't even know electric trolley cars. I don't think our, our trolley cars are electric. Are they? Oh, they're electric. Wow. See, I'm learning something. Thank you, Lloyd. <laughs> okay. But the cable cars, too, are also electric. No, no. no, they're cable cars. Yeah. Yeah, so don't confuse me with electric <laughs> So, but, but it, it was interesting that it had electric trolley cars looked upon as one, because I felt like, oh, I remember just a few years ago, Teslas seemed like the wonder of the age, especially their price. They were very expensive. And, and I was like, there. and now everywhere I go in San Francisco, I see Teslas everywhere. Like, like that's the car of the week right now. You know, if you, you know, if you've got the right something, you got a new Tesla. And and I like them. They're nice cars, and you know, but they they don't. They've lost their wonder already because they've been here a while. Uh, I did see something on the on the internet that uh, brought some wonder. Uh, I don't even know how this happened, but somehow I got to a, a video um, which was about um, Lindy Hoppers in the 40s. I don't really know Lindy Hoppers, but I know the, the language. It, it's a kind of dance that was popular in the 40s, and it was kind of jazz, blues, music, and dancers. And so I went to see some of it. It was just like, oh, and it was wild to see what they were doing. I mean, if you want to see some really wild, great dancing, see Lindy Hoppers. Because they were throwing it around like crazy. And I mean, together, people and groups together. And it made, like, it made, um, who did the moonwalk thing? What was his name? Michael, he made Michael, Michael Jackson look like nothing compared to these people. I mean, they were doing wild moves and whole body flips over one another. And I mean, it was just like, and then it sent me to another one. And this, and there was this, a few different people, again, early 40s film. And there was this one man, and he was a big man. I mean, big, like big, like this. And his body moved so beautifully. Like, it, it really it made me wonder, how the hell did he do that? And how come everybody can't do that? Because he was so big that my idea or my projection is, oh, he can't dance. He's too, there's too much of him. This was not a problem. It was so beautiful, really, to watch his body move and how he moved it. And with no inhibition. You know, remember, this is pre-television and pre-all the advertisements that were all supposed to be thin or something. And it was just great. 
but it brought a lot of wonder and 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 the other words that uh, are similar that go along with wonder synonyms for wonder mean is awe admiration wonderment fascination surprise astonishment marvel curiosity and there's uh, a, and wonder is also it's a verb it's a noun it's a verb it's a state of consciousness also which i love that in the dictionary it's actually a state of consciousness when when our mind heart being is in wonder it's a state of consciousness characterized by feeling of surprise awe joy <clears throat> and i'm looked up also the word cuz one of the synonyms for wonder was wonderment which is just a beautiful word wonderment right and even the words can begin to wake up our uh wonderment about life itself even words have their wonder to them and i feel this i hope sometimes i get to convey it in what i say but even the fact that i say words and you understand them and sometimes they have an impact on you i mean how does that happen i mean isn't that like a wild thing and it's got some wonder in it already and i've done this before but i'll do it because i could talk like watson and you said but one day and then and then you would turn and you would go and even that you get a little and no no yeah and right and so you see even so the words have their presence even the sound has its presence and that aliveness is something that brings wonderment when we recognize the aliveness that's right here even in the words often words get a little put down in spirituality no need for it. words are beautiful they carry reality if we're open to it so i looked up wonderment feeling of surprise awe joy people felt wonderment when neil armstrong walked on the moon right and i remember that cuz that was a big deal cuz always nobody thought we would ever go to the moon or or another planet right now i think elon musk he's had it with tesla now we're going to all fly to some other country and inhabit it excuse me some other world and inhabit it and i know i've opened to that let's see yeah so so uh, so wonder and wonderment as a verb conveys action and occurrence or a state of being so the wonder and wonderment is to puzzle upon or think about or meditate on cuz wonder also has this curiosity about it right it's not just oh things are wonderful sometimes they're full of wonder and that positivity but also sometimes we're wondering how the hell did this happen or how does reality go this way or do people really think about what they say when they say something that doesn't seem so 
kind or wise, we wonder about it. We wonder about our relationships and our friends or the meaning of life. We puzzle over or speculate about. And so woven into um, wonder is a kind of openness or curiosity and not knowing and the and the uh, the inspiration to look deeply, to understand. Remember one of the key teachings of the Buddhas when he talked about awakening is the, he equated the word to, to be awakened is to understand. He used that over and over again about understanding. It's, it's often underemphasized in Buddhism, but it's a beautiful part of the teaching. It's about understanding who and what we are and what reality is and really waking up to it and discovering the magic of reality and the mystery of reality and of each moment. And so I've had a lot of opportunity to experience wonder in my life, which I believe we all have had. <clears throat> And I experience it these days in my role as a teacher, but also in my role as a student of the Dharma and of being a human being. I was remembering the wonder of my first retreat, my first meditation retreat where I sat, and I hated it because it hurt my body like crazy to sit still. It was hard for me and it was difficult and I couldn't sit still. And then at some point, after a number of days, something settled down and instead of my, my body and mind doing this, everything went like this. And just, and I got there. And then I couldn't stop being there for a few days. It was quite wonderful and magical and I couldn't understand really how it happened but I liked that it happened. I knew what I liked. And um, I went on a, uh, a little training this week um, with one of the teachers from my first retreat, Jack Cornfield. And Jack's a colleague and friend and we've known each other a long time now. And, uh, and Jack was doing a little training for teachers and I didn't know what it was exactly, but he was doing something about how to teach guided meditations. And I thought, okay, I'll go and see. I always like to see what Jack's up to. And so I went and, um, and I saw, oh, it was mostly for newer teachers or people not quite uh, in the same realm that I'm in in the teaching role. And, but it was really interesting, actually, I saw a number of people who had been through SFI who now teach some things at, uh, at uh, Spirit Rock or our yoga teachers and things like that. And, and, uh, and it was interesting to go, and so Jack would demonstrate a kind of guided meditation with someone and then have us do it together. And I did it once or so. And, and it was okay, but I was, I was not so interested in it. But I, I was there, so I was checking it out. And I, and I did one one day, and you know, it was fine to do it, but it wasn't anything I didn't know. And not quite 
my interest in how I like to teach. And But the second day he was doing something else. He was teaching you how, how to guide someone who needed healing. So, okay, I'm checking out what he's doing. And, and it's, it's guided and it's with a visualization, which is not my thing so much. And so um, I'm listening, watch him do it with somebody, guide someone, and they go to a healing temple and then meet a great healer, and the healer brings a present, and then they open up the present, and, the pre and then they find out what's in the present. And of course, it's all in the person's mind and heart that this is happening. And so, you know, and then, and then he wants people to divide up and do it, and I didn't want to do it, so because I'm resistant to stuff like that. And... Uh, so I wasn't doing it, and I was, I was just kind of waiting, and Jack saw I didn't have a partner at some point. And he said, oh, you don't have a partner? I said, no, everybody's taken. And, and he said, oh, well, then we could do it together. <laughs> and I thought, oh, sure, I'd do it with you. That would, let's have some fun, you know. And it means uh, he would guide me, and then I would guide him. And so I thought, okay, let's sure, let's do that. And I did it, and it was totally fun for me. I mean... I have some skill because of 30 years of meditation practice, actually 35 years now it is, um, something like that, 35 years of meditation practice. My, my mind can go anywhere. I can go, I can go places in consciousness. And so Jack's doing this whole thing. Uh, I think he put me on a magic carpet. And then the magic carpet came. No, no, I was on the water. That's right. He went on the magic carpet. Uh, I was on the water and then came to the temple and did a whole thing. And, uh, and it was totally fun. But for me, it was what happened was something I already know, which is I know how to go deeply into my consciousness and let it open up. And so that's what happened. And that opened up, and that went places, and I went these places, and even had experiences with people, and became one with the people. And and, uh, and so Jack, so Jack's guiding me. He loves it, <laughs> to be honest, because he's going with me, right? Because you get a little transmission when you work with somebody like this. And so and so then we were done, and and then he had me guide him, and I guided him, and. And it was totally fun to guide him because I said, oh yeah, Jack can go anywhere, right? He's also a very deep guy. And I haven't done something like this with him in a long, long time. And, um, and so we, we had a lot of fun. And then it was very sweet at the end because he was very uh, appreciative of where we went, each of us, and where we went together. And also our 30-year friendship and the fact that we've been close for a long time and it's very sweet. And so, you know, and and then it brought up other questions like we were talking about, oh well where can consciousness go or where can't it go? And who's doing it and who's not doing it. And so it brought up a lot of wonder in me, because he and I have some different uh ideas about that stuff. And it was fun. We didn't have enough time. It was like, oh, this is a conversation to go later, especially about who's doing it. Because he's a very, he's a big doer, Jack. He likes to do things. I'm not as big a doer. So it's interesting to hear his perception of, 
oh, we can do anything. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. That's my shtick. You know, it's just all doing itself. Anyhow, so wonder. So uh, also thinking about wonder, people often feel wonder, wonderment at the birth of a child or at the death of a loved one, right? It's like, where did they come from? Where do they go? And what does it mean that we come and go? That brings a lot of wonder. Sometimes it's pleasant wonder. Sometimes it's unpleasant wonder. Sometimes it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. It's just wonder or wonderment. <clears throat> and I remember the wonder of my daughter being born and how amazing that was that she came out of her mother's body. I mean, that is just the strangest thing in the world that we come out of somebody's body and then we're here. Like, you know, it's no big deal, right? And it isn't a big deal, except it's totally a big deal when it happens, right? And then the relationship is such an interesting relationship between uh, uh, parent-child, at least for me, you know, because it's like um, she's still my daughter, but she's not a little baby, you know, and she's not a little girl, and she's not a toddler, and she's not a teenager, and she's like a total adult, and she's still my daughter, but she's not my child anymore. And so even the wonder of parenting changes over time because the person is a total adult, and yet she's still my daughter in some way, shape, or form. So I remember as a child teaching her how to tie her shoes. And it's such a funny little thing, you know, you have to show the person actually, oh, you put it through and you pull it and you do this. And I remember I was just couldn't believe she like got it. And I know it's not a big deal, you probably all know how to tie your shoes. But, but but really, it was so wild to watch a human being learn how to do that, who didn't know how to do it at all, and didn't even, you know, and then just the wonder of of learning, right? Of course, it's now now I get to have wonder with my daughter watching her navigate being an adult and being successful in her world and her career and. You know, and being a full person and seeing who she is, because she's not anybody I made. She's herself. And also, when I looked up wonderment, it said being in nature stirs wonderment in many people. Have you ever noticed that? The kind of wonder and wonderment of being in nature, like looking at the stars, especially if you go somewhere where there's not lights around. It's like just kind of the wonder of the universe and you can see it. You know, all these other stars around. And then different people talk about wonder. Right. This is from William Blake. He said, to see the world in a grain of sand, 
and heaven in a wild flower, to hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. It's just the most beautiful dharma and the wonder of reality to hold the world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. The magic and the mystery of reality is just right here and it's always right here, no matter what's happening. That's really the wonder. The magic and mystery is here, even when it's not good. And it's always amazing to read people who've been through incredible dukkha and never lost the magic or the beauty or the wonder of reality, even though they've been through horrendous suffering or ignorance. This is from Albert Einstein. He said, most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. One to whom the emotion is of mysteriousness is a stranger who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe. Their eyes are closed. The insight into the mystery of life has also given risen to religion. To know what is really exists, manifesting itself as the highest wisdom and the most radiant beauty. This knowledge this feeling is at the center of true religiousness. And so he's pointing at what we're doing here. There's something about mystery and wonder is why we're here. It's because it's part of our humanity. The wonder of, of reality, of the truth, of this moment, of just this, the simplicity of it, and the magic of it, because it'll never, ever, ever happen again, except this moment. Or Alice Walker wrote about it in The Color Person. Her character says, I think us here to wonder myself. I think us are here to wonder, to wonder, uh, to wonder myself, to wonder, to ask, and that in wondering about the big things and asking about the big things, you learn about the little ones almost by accident. Right? You start to wonder, you ask the big questions, and then the ordinary starts to teach us also. She says, the more I wonder, the more I love. Right? The more I wonder, the more I love. Mm. Or Walt Whitman, he said, every moment of light and dark is a miracle. So I think I'll stop with Walt Whitman. Every moment of light and dark is a miracle.